Hello, and welcome to 3Q, where I interview industry professionals for just 15 minutes by asking three powerful questions. I'm your host, Rachel Vogel, and joining me for tonight's episode is major record label veteran Jeff Stevenson. He's held roles with companies like EMI, Capital, Virgin Records, and most recently with Warner Music Group. And while at Warner, he was an executive leader across the global digital accounts management team, where he oversaw retail marketing and partnership opportunities across the globe. Currently, he serves as the general manager for Frontiers Music, leading the label's operations in North America. So Jeff, such a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Thanks for joining me. How's it going? It's going great, Rachel. Thank you so much for having me. Um, very excited to be part of uh, this. Uh, so thanks for the opportunity. Well, are you ready to jump right into the first question? I think so. Let's do it. Imagine for a second you're sitting down with your younger self. What one piece of advice would you give him on a personal note? And what one piece of advice would you give him from a business perspective? Interesting question. So, you know, from a personal perspective, probably the easiest thing for me to speak to is just at a younger age, you have a lot more free time. Um, father of three kids, uh, three teenagers. So I, time is certainly of uh, of the essence uh, these days. So I would just say, enjoy that freedom um, that I did have when I was in my mid-20s. Uh, travel, experience everything that you possibly can. Don't say no to any opportunity. You know, appreciate your energy and uh, use it to its fullest. And, you know, experience as much as of life that you can outside of you know growing a family that's where um obviously I, i've had the most pride and and whatnot in my life but you know in that in that opportunity of um youth you have the opportunity for growth and education and you know experience and so i would just say take as full advantage of that as you possibly can from a professional standpoint um along the same lines i would say um use the time uh that you have um you know as you get older and you know again if, if you choose to start a family that ability to balance work and your personal life is that much more difficult so you know i'll answer this question a little bit more with a, a bit of a story um when I was in college, I took some music industry classes. I went to Syracuse University. It was in the very early stages of a music industry program there. And I know they've grown to have a very successful program now. But um, at the time, we had a music industry executive come in and speak to the class. And, you know, he was speaking to us about the opportunities that you might have in the music industry when you graduate college. And, you know, honestly, those opportunities would, would be entry level. It would be you know, working as an assistant or working in a mailroom. And, you know, the 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 thing that he told us and what really resonated with me and something that I took with me really for the rest of my life is, you know, your first job is most likely going to be, you know, in a position like the mailroom, make it the best bleeping mailroom that that company has ever seen. So I would just answer that question if speaking to my younger self, Whatever that position you're in when you're in your early 20s, mid 20s, make it the best bleeping position that that company has ever seen. You know, strive to be the first one in, the last one out. Prove yourself when you have the time to do so. And uh, from there, good things will happen. That's such great advice. Before we jump into the next question, I wanted to ask you, so I know that you are have an interesting perspective from the physical landscape to the digital landscape, this whole idea of virality in music now. What has that been like for you to witness and how has that changed the way that you've 
you've approached your role in the business throughout the years? Oh, wow. Yeah, I have seen so much change. Uh, when I first started in the industry, it was a purely physical play. This was back before social media and even web being a really important part of ways that you know, consumers interacted with music. In a way, because of that, there was a lot more gatekeeping. You know, in some ways, we as an industry dictated uh, what people heard, um, especially from a major label. We were the ones that were really driving, you know, radio play and, you know, positioning on the right end caps at all the key uh, physical retailers. A lot of that gatekeeping has been removed. Uh, as we know now, music can go from, you know, a bedroom to the world in a matter of hours. Um, you don't need to have a record deal to have your music on all of the DSPs. And certainly with social, you have a voice to potentially the world uh, with the creation of the right video. So, you know, I think uh, now the power is in the creator uh, a lot more than it was uh, back in the day where there was such a reliance on kind of the label structure. I will say, you know, I believe that labels have the power and the understanding and the expertise to take uh, those you know, opportunities or that viral moment and um, exploit them. Um, you know, it's not always easy to have a viral video to really understand how to best uh, organize around it. And I think the experience of a major label or any record label can do that a lot uh, better than you know, you can as an individual artist, but you have to be a lot more nimble these days. Um, you know, decisions need to be made a lot more quickly. You don't always have the the, the time and the the setup uh, that we did back in the the early days of physical or the even the early days of uh, digital. So it's been uh, an interesting transition. It's been really fun to see how music is consumed, changed so much um, over my career. And uh, it's been fun to stay on top of it as well. Um, you know, I work very closely with short form video, especially in my last few years at Warner Music Group. And to, and to see how that has impacted the industry was uh, really fun uh, to have such a, a bird's eye view. Yeah. Well, vinyl's coming back. Let's not forget. Always. Thank, <laughs> thank, thankfully. Yes. Mm -hmm. I still all have my original records. Um, so yeah, glad to see it. It's, it's it remains important to, uh, to people. My daughter's 14. She's got a record player and she's got a few records. So there is hope. There is hope. Yeah, there is hope. All right, moving on to the next question. Every industry has its dirty little secrets, and we both know that that is no different in the music industry. Sometimes people think that's a bad thing, but that's not always the case. Sometimes they can be good. What's one secret you would like to share with our listeners about the industry? Um, that's a great question, too. I, I would just say that, um, you know, one of the, the secrets of the industry, I think, is that you can't necessarily learn the industry in a class or in a book, um, even though I did take those classes, like I mentioned at Syracuse. I think that you're learning being on the ground, um, learning as you experience it. Uh, very hard to really understand the nuances of, you know, a commodity that's really built around emotion. Um, you know, there's emotion um, in the, the creation of the music that comes from the artist and there's emotion in the way that the consumer receives it and to marry that together in a way that feels organic and feels natural and feels right 
is a lot more difficult than I think uh, people understand. And so, yeah, I would say that, um, you know, the dirty little secret is you can have that music industry experience in school. Um, you can get great grades in your class, but until you're really, you know, interning um, or wherever you decide to go um, in the industry, that's, I think, where your learning really starts. Um, and as we just kind of spoke about in the last question, the industry changes so quickly. Um, and so what you've learned a couple of months ago may not even really be relevant today. So, you know, having to really immerse yourself in terms of, you know, what's important in the music, you know, business ecosystem um, changes so quickly that you really need to be um, on the ground floor. So get out there, experience, meet people. You know, when you get that first opportunity in the mailroom, make it the best bleeping mailroom possibly can. Final question. Throughout your career, I can only imagine that you've been asked plenty of questions, whether it was for an industry conference, the media, or even a promotion. But throughout all of those interviews and all of those questions, there has to be one that you've never been asked but would have liked to. So what is that question and what would be your answer? That is the toughest question of them all, Rachel. So yeah, obviously I have been asked a lot of questions over my career. You know, I guess the one thing that, you know, especially in interviews or being a, a, at a conference, um, you know, and meeting somebody, a, a lot of the questions that you get are really kind of based off of your individual experience and your perspective on uh, whatever the question may, may, may be posed to you. Um, for me, like I, I'd love to talk about like teamwork and examples of teamwork and what teamwork means in, in terms of the process of success within the music industry. It was always for me, and it still is, those small victories that kind of come with unifying together as a group and a lot of those small victories can start around a local opportunity and even going back to you know my early days in the industry it could have been a radio station in your local market adds a single and you're the first you know part of the country in which that singles being exposed to uh listeners um your small group in that market unifies together to help build a story that hopefully can start to evolve throughout the rest of the country and at some point become more of a global story so you know some of some of those local opportunities so some of those you know things that do become a, a global uh story are the most fun i think um you know just collaboration to me has always been much greater than individual success. Um, and so if I was to be asked a question, it would be, uh, for examples of teamwork, um, how, how you as a leader of a small team, as a manager, um, helped, you know, build a cohesive uh, marketing plan that was successful. And how did you guys celebrate that success? And what were some of those examples of you know, the success stories that you were able to drive. So, you know, I think often, you know, in the cases where you have those individual, you know, Q&As, a lot of it is about your individual experience. But for me, uh, nothing um, individual happens without a great team around you. And so uh, that's where, you know, I would love to keep the focus is, uh, you know, speaking about, you know, some of those great team members and some of the great success stories that we've had together. 
Can you pinpoint one in particular now? You know, I, I, I often, I, it's probably a lot easier for me to go back um, in time, but, you know, when I was working for EMI, uh, you know, we, we, um, got together. We were a, a team based out of Boston. We had a very small team and we got to see um, an opener um, at the House of Blues, which was like the original House of Blues in, in Cambridge, Mass, really small room. Uh, she was newly signed to Blue Note and um, we were all blown away by her. And her name was Nora Jones. And so Nora Jones, um, you know, to us was a fairly new name. We knew it was going to be a, a pretty important um you know, signing to to Blue Note, um, we all got excited about her instantly after meeting her and seeing the show, and and so just kind of unifying around her with that individual meeting, the idea that we saw something that was different and that we felt could be successful. You know, some of those small victories were just getting Tower Records to kind of come on board, right, and um, having Newberry Comics. Uh, step out on on the record, which, you know, for Nora Jones wasn't exactly right up their alley. And so building those small victories at local retail, starting to see little pockets of radio support, obviously the great press that she started to receive. And then to have something like that culminate with, you know, the Grammy story, um, you know, Tower Records to put that album in a listening station or to get that end cap that you fought for 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 weeks and months over um and i think that still resonates to today right if you get that key playlist um on spotify if you get pandora to support your record on their radio service if you get tiktok to really partner with you around a sound that is resonating organically on platform those are all the little things that help build a story that eventually could end up, you know, like Nora Jones uh, with her at a podium at the Grammys. And so that's what's fun about the industry, right? You'd never know. And that's what makes it fun. Well, Jeff, thanks again for joining me tonight. To everybody listening, I hope you enjoyed tonight's episode. Stay tuned for next week of 3Q, where I interview industry professionals for just 15 minutes by asking three powerful questions. See you next time.